everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 205 for the week of January 7th, 2011. I'm your host, Chris Privet, here, here with a bunch of people from RPG Gamer, who you know and love. First off, Emmanuel Marino. I will not be sneezing on cam or breathing heavily today. That's right. Uh, Anna Marie Newfeld. What? No mouth breathing? No oh. mouth breathing. And finally, John Yearworth. Um, probably making a decent attempt to forget to unmute my microphone. Yes. I, uh, oh, wait, I already introduced myself. So we're here and we're back. Hey, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us through the new year. I'm sorry we didn't have any good shows for you at the end of the year, but we are back in full force and we got a big show for you today because, you know, it's been, what, a couple weeks. So surely there's just a glut of important industry news and announcements, right? Yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's like Skyrim sold a bunch. And I have three stories to share with you Hardware sold a bunch. Oh. And... Skylanders was way, way, way more popular than anyone expected it to be. And that's your show. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Um, I think that's what we got. So uh, things we've learned over the holidays. Um, First thing I've learned, don't read the iTunes reviews. You'll want to kill yourself. Um, Let's see. What did you guys learn? Uh, Anna holidays? needs to mute herself when she's typing on her keyboard. That's Anna, rule yeah. number two. Rule number two. Um, don't breathe heavily into a microphone. And... Um, Julie and Julia is 50% good movie, 50% not so good movie. So there we go. Um, oh, I have a cat here. So we need to, one of the reviews said, how dare we have unedited pauses and awkward moments. So we need to not have unedited pauses or awkward moments. And since okay. I'm not going to edit. Set up means- for five seconds so that we can have an awkward pause. Oh, okay. Was that good? Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we should we should totally edit all that out. Um, so for those of you who listen who wonder, yeah, I don't do a lot of time editing the show other than things I mark while the show's recording um, because I choose to get the show up to you as soon as possible after it's done recording. I apologize if that's not in your particular uh, uh, desires. But uh, I hope we make a good enough show for you to listen. Um, the oh, I'm just glad you leave half of my swearing in. Yeah, see? That's because I miss half of it, but... <laughs> It works, right? So I'm really happy. We have a bunch of people in the chat room this morning. I want to give some shout-outs. If you'd like to listen to the show live, you come to rpgamer.com slash live, and you can join in live right there. And did I say live enough? Because it's live. So first off, we've got Just Doug, The Other Ocelot, um, Shadow4699, uh, some random person who didn't set their name. Funetman. Oh, Funetman. Thank you. Thank you. Elf King. And... uh, Eric RPG. Eric RPG. And, and others. Yeah. Ramsey. Ramsey. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, you can come join, be live part of the show, and give us suggestions like these people, like these people do. So, for example, uh, oh, right. Suggestions to do things like this. Peanut butter sandwich. So, apparently that's important dun, to do. Dun, dun. Yes. Yeah, you need some kind of, like, you know, Inception chord after that or something. Ah, vom, vom. Um, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> so, I have feedback for you. So, let's jump right into that. First off... No, from... feedback hurts my ears. Oh, wait, not that kind of feedback. No, not that kind of feedback. Not mic feedback. This is a letter feedback from Isaiah, who says... For Christmas, I got a PlayStation 3 with a copy of Battlefield 3. And for the Wii, I got a copy of The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess and The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Uh, both of which are awesome. Also, in about six hours, I bought, beat Battlefield 3. It was so sweet and too short. Um, 
Um, so there's that's from Mr. Isaiah. Thank you, Mr. Isaiah. You know, I, I have to say, Mr. Isaiah, if you thought that it was good on the PlayStation 3, when you get a PC that can run Battlefield 3, your mind will be blown. <laughs> mind will be blown. Blown. Should we uh, should we do a cover a brief uh, brief section on what people got for Christmas? Yeah, well, I think yeah. that's a good idea. It up. Yeah. <laughs> I got a box of crap games. It rocks. <laughs> yes, she Chris, did. Chris waited until they had that like five dollar sale on a bunch of games at Best Buy, and bought me just this big box of garbage games. <laughs> They're awesome. They're so bad. What do we got any, in there? Any names? Yeah, uh, yeah um, Cabela's um, Big Game Hunting 2011. No, 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 no. Cabela's Dangerous Hunts. Oh, that's right. Best part, <laughs> and it comes with that giant plastic gun. That we cannot get calibrated for the life of us. I eventually got irritated, and I was literally swinging the gun at the animals, and I was sometimes getting headshots doing it. Yes, it was great. It's terrible. Uh, what else you get? And um, Tron Legacy. That's and, okay, I hear. Alpha. Well, I mean, the problem isn't that it's a bad game. It's that, as Chris has discovered, I suck at twitchy games. Okay. So I'm going through the level and I fall in a hole. And I proceed to fall in that hole about nine or ten times before I manage to get it. And then I fall in the next hole. She's not very good at it. (laughs) (laughs) I will say this, though. The game may be middling, but if you care at all about the Tron story, it's a good, uh, it's a nice little prequel story to the actual movie. Well, I haven't seen Tron Legacy. I saw Tron a very long time ago. Oh, forget the original Tron. Um, Just play this one and then you'll be ready for the movie. Sweet. Um, what else is in that box? Um, there's the Vancouver Olympics. Vancouver 2010. Yes. Because Anna lives in Vancouver. So. And um, you actually did get me a couple of good games in there. So you got me EA Sports Active 2. for the. These are all PS3. Zumba Fitness. And Zumba Fitness. And a move. Woohoo! Okay, the move's actually good. Yeah, about yeah. That. yeah. So pretty excited to play with that. The rest, actually, a lot of the games. Wait, wait, you forgot Hunted box. the Demon's Forge? Yes. Or you and, tried to block uh, it out. Michael Jackson, The Experience. Yes. Alpha Protocol. No More Heroes, Heroes Paradise. That's probably actually good. I don't know. FIFA Soccer 11, because I know you're so into soccer. Hey, FIFA. Uh, yeah, I think we've covered it all. There you go. So, and did you guys play... Hunt- no. Sorry. Oh, I was about to say, did you guys play Hunt of the Demon Forge together yet? No. Not yet. But all, almost all the games are move compatible, so I'm I'm curious how bad they're going to be. <laughs> And in general, I also got um, Nintendogs, French Bulldog, and Pilot Wings Resort, and Persona 2 PSP, and Salada Robo, and Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2. You had a good game. You had a good game Christmas, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Adelir Tatori. I think the only thing I did get that was on my list was Fade Extra, but I got an Amazon gift card, so I'm just going to get it for myself. Yeah, if only th- if only you got anything good during Christmas. Yeah, I know all these games suck. Oh. Yeah, oh, such crappy gifts. You didn't get any good gifts, did you? Um, I got a cruise to Alaska. Wah! <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wonder who that was. From. So yeah, Quinn, what did you get? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, actually, I didn't get a lot of games for Christmas because um, I think my mum kind of circulates around my family that games are a bad influence on me. <laughs> So, like, hardly anyone I know ever buys me games, and if they do, it's usually via, like, gift vouchers and stuff. 
So most of the games that I think I bought over the Christmas period were sort of me buying them with my own money, uh, most of them on Steam. However, however, my lovely partner did buy me three games. So I now have a copy of Skyrim. Um, I have Assassin's Creed Revelations, which I've also finished already, and Infamous 2, which I haven't really started. Yeah. How was uh, Revelations? I, I thought it was good. All right. It yeah. was a nice. It was a nice conclusion to um, Ezio's story. Is it as I good feel. as Brotherhood? Um, hard to call. Um, I feel like. Hmm. I I kind of consider it on the same level as Brotherhood. I just kind of wish they'd been the same game almost. Cool. I got Kirby's Mass Attack and Batman: The Brave and the Bold. Bold for DS. Did I get anything else, Anna? Saints Row. Oh, Saints Row the Third from Anna. Thank you. That's right. And uh, Saints Row the Third is awesome, by the way. Started playing it before Christmas break. You should really finish that. Amazing. Well, I got a lot to do on it still, so I need to I need to level up and get infinite ammo and invincibility and all this stuff. So, Uh, Manny, what'd you get? Nothing. Oh, okay. I bought Richard for three dollars. Hey, got- you got Richard. I got a bunch of stuff on Steam too. Um, oh, oh, Steam! I should probably open up and see how many games I bought over Christmas. Yeah, they had some good sales up there. Um, I don't um, remember. Count history. Need like a most recently purchased. Oh, Chris, go open the main Steam window. Click settings, and then click the view account history in the top right. I think it shows you all of the things that you've bought. Oh, okay. View account history in the top right. Click, click, he's, click, 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 click. He's click. gonna yell oh, at me. Yeah, here we go. Thank you, Shadow, who bought me Dungeons of Dreadmore. That's right. And someone bought me uh, Magic of the Stars are left. Uh, that was, um, I think that was, that was Shadow. Also Shadow, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Thank you, Shadow. And we got uh, uh, according 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 to on, what? Chris. Go ahead. I was going to say, uh, I think from the Christmas sales is um, above Skyrim are uh, X3 Albion Prelude, Costume Quest, uh, Tropica 4, um, the Humble Indie Bundle 3, which came, comes with Humble Indie Bundle 4, um, the Portal 2 DLC for Defense Grid, uh, hard Reset, The Binding of Isaac, which was a gift from my partner, uh, Prince of Persia, Two Thrones, Prince of Persia, Forgotten wow. Sands, Terraria, Cities in Motion, Sword of the Stars, and Dead Rising 2, which were also presents from my partner, Space Chem, and Red Alert 3 Uprising. Wow. That's quite a lot. I just got Orcs Must Die and some DLC for Dungeon Defenders in Arkham City. <laughs> That's pretty good. I, I I need to play Orcs Must Die. Darn it. Okay, so that's uh, you didn't get much for Steam sales, right, Anna? And Manny, no. Nope. Manny doesn't like Steam. I tried to give him stuff on Steam. He's like, ah, take this crap and throw it out. I did not say that. I was I, very grateful, I know. <laughs> but I felt I would feel guilty taking a game I wouldn't play when I already own the. You already the, own the, the Mac the, store. Yeah, I forgot. Because I figured if I don't if I don't accept the gift, it's, it's you can give it to someone who who would actually use it. Yeah, I'd I can. Feel more I need guilty. to do that. I, uh, it, it was what it just showed up free in my inventory as part of all the Steam craziness. It's like I need to give this to someone cuz I already got it. <laughs> you uh, know, I could take it and just in the far flung future when the Mac platform becomes more abundant, I'll play it on my Windows abund- machine. <laughs> on your Windows 27 machine. Yes. 
Wow, there's PC Gamer Magazine on Steam now. Is anybody reading that stuff? That looks weird. No? Yes? Wow, crickets. Okay. So that's uh, that's our Christmas roundup, I suppose. Uh, Anna makes... I'm declaring Anna the winner because she gets a cruise. So congrats, Anna. Yeah, that was kind of <laughs> impressive. Yes. Uh, let's see. Scared the hell out of me, though. Oh, did it? I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. Despite composing and sending five very well-written and worded questions last week. Oh, you know who this is from, everybody. This is an email from our favorite, Ocelot. The other Ocelot. <laughs> the other Ocelot. That's right. Five very well-written and worded questions last week. They seem to have succumbed to the terrors of the internet and been lost in the digital void. Our young band of RPG cast adventures mistakenly thought that Ocelot did not send any feedback. How crazy a thought. Thankfully, I use Gmail, which allows me to drudge through the mysterious world known only as the sent mail folder, 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 and copy slash paste the questions back into existence. So here you go. So fresh, yet so two weeks ago. Number one, best video game theme costume you've worn for Halloween or any other reason. Ed Elric. Uh, that probably wins. You done any, Manny? Nope, never. Uh, Quinn? Damn, damn thing was muted again. Yes, the theme. What was the question, sorry? <laughs> Wait, it muted your incoming too? Okay, best video game theme costume you've worn for Halloween or any oh, other reason? Oh, um, it, it's a little known fact that I uh, cosplayed as Jade Curtis from Tales of the Abyss to an anime convention about three years ago. Ah, nice. I don't know that I've ever dressed up as a video game character. I don't remember it, so I think I have to bow it as well. I feel, I feel so ungeeky. Number two, Zelda Skyward Sword demonstrated the power of the Wii and motion controls, but arguably too late in the console's life cycle to matter. By contrast, Mario Land 3D has shown what the 3DS is truly capable of much earlier in its life cycle. Does that mean the 3DS will have a great future with a ton of great games, or is this one of a handful of games that will ever shine on the 3DS? Can I say both? I think we're going to have... A good selection of quality games. But I also think we're going to have a ton of shovelware because that's exactly what happened on the DS. It wasn't that the DS had only a couple of really, you know, one of a handful games. It was the fact that there was so much crap compared to what was good. Ah. Okay. Uh, Does that make sense? No, I don't think so. I think uh, it's either got a lot of games or it's one of the few games that shines. But um, I think he set up a very dichotomous question, but that's okay. The the this because even if it has lots of shovelware, that means it might also have a ton of great games. So, I don't know. Um, so the question is: Are there going to be tons of great games or not? Really? And you think it will? Right? You think? I think it's going to have a bunch games? of really good games. Like yes. We've seen really good games so far. Mm-hmm. Well, haven't all the best DS games recently come out? Like stuff like Dragon Quest Nine and uh, The World Ends with You. They came out like the latter half of the DS's lifespan. Definitely. So it's still too. Although The World Ends with You is at least two years old at this point. Yeah, we had to wait a long time to get Ghost Trick and Nine 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 and stuff like that. It just yeah. takes time, right? Yeah, so I, I, you know, if the system survives, I think it'll do fantastic. And uh, based on Japan's uh, sales numbers lately, it seems like the system's doing just fine. Thank you, Monster Hunter. Uh, I don't know. 
I think it'll be just a okay. So next question. I think. Oh, oh I, I just want to interject one thing. There was a bunch of kerfluffle because a report came out um, about three weeks before Christmas about what people wanted for Christmas. And they basically did 13 and under and then 13 to 18. And <clears throat> people were having a freak attack because the 3DS wasn't on the 13 to 18 list. And as I pointed out to a few people that were discussing it, by the time you are 13 to 18, you are able or expected to buy your own handheld systems. That's not true. I think it is. I got one as a gift when I was in college. Yeah, but that's different. I think you'd be surprised by what people are, are entitled think they're entitled to at whatever age they are. Did, Chris, you might have seen these. Uh, did you see these thing going around the internet? Uh, sort of these. these oh, Mac, the ungrateful. The ungrateful. The, I didn't get an iPod or I didn't get a car. The yeah. guy that wrote I, that song that was I beautiful. I hate my mom so much that yep. dumb bee. How dare she not buy me an iPod? All she got me instead was five hundred dollars. You know, like no, I don't. Stuff. I don't. I haven't seen any of that other than that silly song that was a comedian thing. Uh, what was a? Uh, wait, no, actually, I didn't even see that song. That was something else. I, I know. Where do you see this stuff? Oh, it was just some compiled things from Twitter where people were just. Really angry that they didn't get the car that they thought they deserved. Not even like a good car, like like, like a modest car, like a Lexus. They didn't get the Lexus they thought they deserved. That's a, mod- a Lexus is a modest car now. No, not even a modest car. The Lexus. That oh, they oh, okay. Or they were complaining that the, that their brother got the white iPhone, but they wanted the black one. And, but and they, all they got was the black one. Why does it? It's so unfair that they have the white one and I have the black one. That kind of stuff is just. So it's just a bunch of white wines. The worst kind, though. The, like the most. Where hmm. your parents go out of their way to get you something, and you call them bees because it's not what the proper, not exactly what Isn't you want. Isn't it just likely that you know this year someone just decided to compendium all this stuff, and past years with Twitter, people just ignored it? Yeah, but I'm just saying you'd be surprised what people think they're entitled to or gifts they hmm. think they should be getting. Okay, but these outliers aside, the question is for 13 to 18 year olds. I don't even remember what the question was. Okay. Um, I guess the question is really, is the, you know, is the 3DS just going to live? And I'm worried about it in America because we don't seem to have any good games coming out soon. Do you know what the sales numbers were for December? Uh, I do not. Or November? No, no, no. I do not have those. Uh, I thought we saw good sales numbers in November, though. Actually, because we covered that at some point. We had some on a previous NPD November 3DS. We can, oh yeah, predictably huge sales for sequels and consoles alike. And let's see if I can do 3DS. Didn't count all the Mario copies packed in with 3DS systems. So the 3DS, oh, hardware charts. So check this out. The 360, this was November. 360 was 1.7 million. PS3, they didn't know. Wii was 860K. 3DS was 795K. DS was 350K. So 3DS was still selling fine. Uh, That was November. (laughs) I don't know for December, though. It probably got delayed due to the holidays and all that. Uh, I'm just worried about software side for 3DS, and I don't know when the US is getting anything good. Does anybody know? Because I don't. I don't remember. Uh, at the moment, I'm not really following the 3DS because of the whole region lock thing. I mean, Tales of the Abyss is February. Heroes of Ruin is March, uh, May. That's all we well, have to remember. RPGs. Tales of the Abyss for us is already out. Yeah, so I don't. I don't know. I don't. Ugh. We don't have a Monster Hunter coming out soon. 
Maybe we'll get dream drop distance, and that'll make all the difference. Maybe. I don't know. All right. We should go on the next question. Should there be should there be a video game based on Ghost in the Shell? Answers are A, yes, B, no. C, it already exists, and it's called fill in the blank. Uh, uh, there's several. C, several. There's two. Oh, oh, there's more than two. There was one on the original PlayStation. There was a PSP one with Ghost in the Shell standalone complex, the series, and there was like a PS2 version too. Yeah, that's it. I because mean, I remember a long, long time ago, the uh, Ghost in the Shell, the, the PlayStation one, cropped up on one of those magazine demo discs. You know, the. I think it was one of the yeah the early PlayStation magazines. It was like a white yeah. cover. Yeah, uh, what's surprising was it actually cropped up in in Europe, um, where I think this was kind of before before the anime industry really kind of kicked off at all. Um, and so I I was I I'm quite a fan of Ghost in the Shell now, but back then I had absolutely no idea what it was and why on earth you were playing a game with a spider tank in it. Hmm. Of course, we're more in. Uh, since I'm more enlightened now, it's it's kind of funny, really. So I don't get the thing about Ghost in the Shell. I saw the original movie like when I was in college. I saw Ghost in the Shell Innocence too. Oh, I saw that when I was in college as well. And you know they were okay, decent anime action flicks. I haven't seen Standalone Complex, the the full series or its follow up. So maybe that makes a difference. But um, unless Standalone Complex is just freaking awesome, it's like. I don't, you know, the Ghost in the Shell movies were just, like, interesting. I don't see no reason to flip uh, out and go Stan crazy. Like, oh, I would say this, though. I mean, as one of the few anime series I still hold in high regard, uh, if you went to Ghost in the Shell for action, I think you went for the wrong reasons. As a matter of half, more than half that movie was just pure dialogue. It was more of a, I mean, the, the lead creator that the series, he... Uh, he has an interesting mix of these kind of of, of these sort of Japanese centric sort of nationalist ideals and just sort of, sort of historical uh, leanings about what what period of Japanese history was the best and it just it's really and about the future of digital technology and Japan's place in that so really that entire movie was just a treatise on on what thought what actually makes you a living entity what makes you sentient is it a physical body is it thought can thought emerge from the internet can it emerge from di- i mean is a digital brain the equal of a of an organic brain is that game that's what ghost in the shell is really about and the ghost in the shell is at its best yeah ghost, you know, ghost in the shell's main focus is stuff like transhumanism and stuff like that yeah pretty much i think i've completely forgotten the plot of the movies then oh and and at the time when it came out this the animation was absolutely stunning some of the most uh d- most detailed uh sort of vibrant animation you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I think, what Ghost in the Shell really excels at. And I'll be honest, I didn't really like Ghost in the Shell standalone complics the first season, but the second gig I thought was fantastic. The one after the Laughing Man saga. Hmm. Okay. So, I don't know. I Maybe if I see it's, SAC, uh, stand, it would be a different... Um, standalone to- complex is is probably worth watching. But yeah, it does and it's involve not the patience for that kind of just because Laughing Man is just lots of transhumanism talking. Like, thank you, Quinn, for giving me the word I was looking for. But uh, and the second gig has a little bit more action and maybe a little bit more, a little bit more palatable uh, sort of philosophies that they're trying to espouse. I guess I don't care. I mean, the philosophical things are are fun little exercises, but they they don't tend to stick with me, and I don't see why I need a video game based on one. Well, if, is you, well, I'm going to say preferences, preferences. It yeah. just might not be your thing. I mean, at the time when I was doing this, I was uh, spending a lot of time reading into like social and polit- social, political, economic revolutions, 
I mean, the kind of ideas that I was exploring um, for for school would, uh-huh. were be were sort of put into this universe in this anime with lots of high quality visuals, and I like technology, I like transhumanism, so it was like sort of this perfect little confluence of ideas that sort of matched what I was into. Okay. And if, I guess if you're not into that. Well, well, I'm trying to figure out what about that lends itself well to a video game. Well, not necessarily. The games were actually weren't that good. It was oh. just the, the problem with those games is they were just exactly what you thought Ghost in the Shell was, just a decent action action movie. So I'm going to say my answer for number three, and you guys give your own. My answer, should there be a game? I'm going to say no, regardless of whether it already exists. You know, I'd probably agree with you. Unless they're willing to make something like a Ghost in the Shell Heavy Rain. You're, I think so, yeah. Well, you know, I say that, or, and then I realize there was a lot of transhumanism in Xenogears, wasn't there? Yeah. I think the stuff in Xenogears was badly executed. There was just a lot of everything in Xenogears, actually. I should put it that well, way. the other ocelot does say does bring up um, Deus Ex, which covers at least some of the same themes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Different pers- different direction. Although from, some, from of it, some of it, some of it blurs towards machine. I say some of it blurs the line between uh, like traditional cyberpunk and uh, what some people call post cyberpunk. Post cyberpunk. Ooh. Yeah, post post If you think of um, like cyberpunk as the kind of dark, gritty tech, look, uh, I think Blade Runner as as a kind of perfect definition of cyberpunk. Um, I think post cyberpunk is where technology moves on slightly, and the focus of the characters shifts from um, characters that are effectively running the the dark streets to um, like government agencies and um, like slightly higher technologies and that kind of thing. It's not like so dirty. It's not so fringe anymore. Yeah, it's- I mean, because Ghost in the Shell, in in places, is quite polished. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not. There's. It's got less grit in it. But all of the like the um, like the the plot centers around like political intrigue and that kind of thing. Yeah, inf- uh, inf- is inf- information control stuff like that. A lot, a lot, like there's a, like a shiny porcelain veneer, and a lot of the grit comes from how that veneer is sort of manipulating you into believing. Yeah, that, that they want. Yeah. So, like I said, apparently it ap- appeals to me and Quinn. But if that's not your thing, I can totally understand. I mean, it can for some people it could be completely pretentious and up its own, up and up its own butt for its own good. And I can totally understand that. Hmm. I mean, it's valid criticism. You just might not want something no, that's I, just I, yeah. No, for- this might spend like two episodes just talking about <laughs> you know the validity of, of. I was just saying, trans- I don't know if it lends itself to a video game. That's you know, you're probably right because the game ended up being you shoot lots of people and then you get to mind jack someone every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. You're so I, right. I mean, if they come up with really cool technology in the game, then I mean, you know, find a way to play with all that stuff. And people seem in the chat room seem to like the spider tank. So maybe maybe I'm wrong. A touch just, coma game. Just call it Ghost in the Shell Spider Tank Attack, and just, you take <laughs> well, control of the spider the play, tank and do whatever you what want. The, that's what the PlayStation game was. Okay, it excellent. was literally an action game where you controlled a, a, one of the spider tanks. Oh, that was it. all right. Well, that should exist. I'm glad it exists. Then <laughs> I should go rent it. Is it any good? Yeah, you, know, you could do the whole thing like run up walls and is it like, any good? Run across ceiling. Um, uh, uh, it was okay for an action game. I, it just didn't really kind of. Um, uh, it, it, I don't think it, it, it if you were watching Ghost in the Shell for the say the reasons why Manny was watching Ghost in the Shell, it's probably not your kind of game. Cause it's just basically a straight up. <laughs> but if you were game. watching it for Spider Tanks, <laughs> if you're yeah. watching it for Spider Tanks, then yeah, this is a good game. Because you know, like right. for an action show, there's a surprising amount of time of people looking at computer screens and saying, "I found this new data. It's about the <laughs> blah 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 blah." blah. <laughs> so 
I, like I understand, man. If it's up, if it's not for you, it's not for you. That's cool. And you're right; it probably shouldn't be a game in its current format. Anna has totally left her spot. Oh, it's interesting. Um, I I posted the the TV tropes link on um, post oh, cyberpunk. Okay. It's interesting how what it mentions between the kind of difference between the two. Um, there's, techno- uh, there's a paragraph here where. Um, in the 1980s, uh, people argued that the dystopian future of cyberpunk was probable, that technology was not going to improve life, but instead help like corporations turn the world into a, some kind of you know, corporate-run dystopia. And then um, when the internet kind of grew in the 90s and uh, during the last decade, what you instead, you've got this kind of like community-driven stuff. You know, if you think about things like Twitter, YouTube, um, Facebook even, that instead it's um, while corporations are still powerful, they're not like omnipresent, all controlling, monolithic megacorps that cite the way cyberpunk novels portrayed them in the 80s. Okay. And um, I, mean, I think that the whole standalone complex is just about that, right? People, people individually doing things as, as, as a. Oh, it's so complicated. <laughs> yeah. Fair but enough. individuals doing things on their own, but. Collectively, all doing it together, hmm. spontaneously. Yeah. So, all right, we should probably move on to the next question because, uh, oh, we spent a lot of time talking about Ghost in the Shell. Good, good hey, questions whatever. though. The other also lot. These are good today. Best iOS RPG you'd recommend to the listeners? Hmm. Infinity Blade Two. Dragon Dragon Veil. That's not an RPG. Oh, um, Battle Heart. Battle Heart. Going right to Battle Heart. No, um, no, dungeon, no dungeon raid. That's not an RPG. What kind of is you level up? All right. Battle Heart from Anna. I'm going to say... Oh, I don't play any RPGs on here. I should play... I want to recommend a shoot 'em up that's not, Alternatively, that's not right. Quest Runner. Quest Runner. Interesting. And Manny said something else. I forgot already. Oh, uh, Infinity Blade 2. People Infinity sl- Blade 2. That's such a good game. That's a really good People point. really love it. It sort of delivers on the promise of what Infinity Blade 1 was. All right. I'm not going to pick one. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say Puzzle Quest because Anna just played it through completely, even on the touchscreen on the iPhone, and she loved it again. Um, Parallel Kingdoms, if you want an MMO that's not like crazy um engaging like wow just something casual you can do occasionally parallel kingdoms is great for that and it's like actually based on where you are in reality it's really cool check it out it's free and um ash because none of us will play it and it seems like it's a good game and we should probably play it someone's gonna okay, someone's gonna play it no not no then not that ash no, that's, not that ad. Okay, that's, that's, ash. That's, that's that's like the japanese console uh ds game or whatever but uh no this is ash on the iphone that just got the new artwork and maybe it sucks, but uh, I have this feeling like we should play it. So whatever. Well, I liked it when I played it. Yes, but you won't the, go back to it. Yeah. That was, <laughs> it's, it's while I was playing it, I was like, yeah, this is really good. And now that I'm not playing it, I don't feel entirely motivated to go back to it. Ah, yet. forget it. Chrono Trigger's out on the iPhone. Get that instead. Chrono Trigger, I Final Fantasy Tactics. I wanted it and you seem disinterested. Because I have it on the DS already. And I like buttons. Sorry. Uh, Quinn, you got one? Do you care? Um, 
No, I, I, I don't really play RPGs on the on my um, iPod. So all right, give us I the closest really closest thing to an RPG that you play. Um, I don't really use my iPod for playing games. Period. You don't play any games on it at all. No, the last Not game I like played Words on it was, with game Dev, uh, was Game Dev Story, which you should go and play anyway. All right, that's that'll work. Game Dev Story, go play Game Dev Story, and any other Kyrosoft game out there. All right, K A I R O S O F T. Boom! There's a plug. Oh wait, for wait, wait! Does, does Sword and Sorcery counts, right? Yeah, um, that's more of an adventure game, but why not? Let's choose. Hey, it. legacy title. It's modeled after Legend of Zelda. Ah, so it gets in. Well, then we have to start plugging Okami on. Oh, we do. All right, all right, good. We're yep, good and go. we cover Darksiders as well. Beautiful. All right, <laughs> Sword and Sorcery. Go for it. <laughs> that's probably the best one, actually. Uh, yeah. Funniest name you've new- used for an RPG character you created in a game. Um, unfortunately, Giant Mom has already taken using uh, Brono for the main character of Chrono Trigger. So. Oh, I can think of the two funniest names I've ever used for an RPG character. What right are now. they? Emmanuel and Manny. Oh, boo. Hey, 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 hey. How many Japanese guys do you know named Manny and Emmanuel? Mm-hmm. I, I named a character, my character in Persona 4... Simon Crescent, but that was after my cat, and it's not funny to anybody else but me because he curls up in a crescent. So, let's see. I don't name characters funny I'm, names. I made your name your Khajiit in Skyrim, Simon. Yeah, but th- <laughs> those aren't really funny to anybody else. So, You know what's pretty cool, though? Is, uh, if I remember Nocturne, it was one of the few games where you, you put in your first name and your last name, and then you put in the nickname. And it was really interesting as you go through, uh, I mean, Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne 3, right? Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne. There you go. Oh my and gosh. as you go through the game... Shin Megami Tensei Persona 3. No, no, no. It's not a Persona series. It's the mainline series. Nocturne, yeah. Nocturne makes you do that too? I don't remember that. But Nocturne... Oh, yeah. Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne Maniacs. That's the one we okay. got. Okay. Yeah, Maniacs <laughs> is the one that we got. But anyway. It was never well, 3 here. It was just no, Nocturne. No, but it's It was just three. Nocturne, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, long aside, it was interesting because as you played through the game, depending on how, how familiar someone was with you, they'd either call you Emmanuel, they'd call you Mr. Marino, they'd say, hey, Manny, how's it going? Meet me over here. I thought it was really yeah, cool. Yeah, they did so it with they, Persona 3 and 4, or at least one of them as well. I don't remember the nickname part of Persona. Uh, it might be the PSP version. Okay. Yeah, but I just thought it was interesting. Like, I, I got the full range of how someone will actually talk to me in the real world. My teacher, of course, is going to use my last name. My my sort of close friend would use my first name, and then the like the buddies who like to pick on you used the nickname. So I thought it was really interesting, like that. Oh, that's cool. Uh, we oh, haven't played Nocturne, Chris. No, I haven't. <gasps> Sorry. <gasps> I played it. Uh, I, finished I kept reading opposing so reviews on it. Some people adore the thing. Amazing. Some people that was not what so made much. Me an Atlas fan. Yeah, well, uh, it was Persona 3 for me. Leave me alone. I, I, I finished Persona 3 and Persona 4. Isn't that enough for you? What more but you never played a real Mega Ten game. Oh the, I mean, the God. game that sort of spawned the, all of the spinoffs. Why do I need that if the spinoffs are better? They're not better, though. Nocturne provides a... It's such a great dungeon crawler and provides such a I unique get, experience. Do I get a high school sim in there? The world ends within the first 30 minutes of the game. Well, then forget it. If I don't have a high school sim, I'm not playing. Oh, the demon negotiations were awesome in that game. <laughs> really? It was so much fun. Yeah, it was good until you realize that the first dungeon had... Um... Okay, who's scratching their chin? Sorry, that was me. Okay. It has... Um... 
Bahama and oh, instant death kills. Yeah, it had instant yep, death light that and game. instant death dark. That's that game. It's like, I, are you serious? In the first dungeon, forget about it. At that point, I was like, no, I'm done. It. Loved it. Loved it so much. And eventually, you get Dante in your party. It's fantastic. And you have to kill. Oh, it was so great! Eventually, you have to kill the devil himself. And you like at first, you only do like five damage at him, but you have to get the special skills so you can. Awesome! So difficult, so needlessly difficult. It was that was my Dark Souls. There's plenty of needlessly difficult fights in the Persona games. Like you get to fight Death himself. <laughs> All right, whatever. Yeah, I beat that game. I think three times, and I got three different endings, and they were all really satisfying. Hmm. Now, talk about a game that's uh, pretentious and up its own butt, because half that game is all like political, like just people sitting around philosophizing and what the nature of the universe should be and how we should recreate it. Don't you know it's human nature to be like this? My philosophy is clearly the best one. Ah. And you could be like, "Yeah, you're right, dude. It totally is. Let's go do that." That's what I love about that game. All right. And that's what I love about Ocelot because he sends us in really long questions that are Hey, really it's the fun. best part of the show. It is. <laughs> well, unless we get a, unless we get a, uh, a Zoltan segment, but uh, I don't know that we have one this week. Uh, do we have one this week? I should see. It's Zoltan. Yeah, I don't think we have one this week. I have to figure that out. Yeah, we need, we need a, I'm we need Zoltan. A I live in Japan. <laughs> Is that the new theme music for Zoltan? <laughs> I like it. Zoltan lives in the pan. All right. So, uh, unfortunately, no Zoltan. But we do have lots of news because we've been gone for a while. So, let's get into it. Uh, starting off with our first discussion. Get the delicious up here. First discussion is Wakfu. Wakfu. That can't be right, is it? Yeah, Wakfu on yeah, the open it's beta. it's finally an open beta. And it's going to launch in February. Just so you know, this is a surprise to me too. So um, due to the time, the way that time worked out today, we don't have much prep done. So these news stories are a surprise to everybody. So surprise, Wakfu's open beta. Um, yeah, so anyone with a free account from Ankama can go download the game and from their homepage, which is at... Uh, com slash na w-a-k-f-u dot com so go do that it's going to launch in February and there will be uh, free to play with a $6 per month premium subscription option uh, I'm just going to let you go play that because we've talked about Wakfu in the past and it's weird it's got a tactical battle system it's very different so go try it out and there's also Islands of Wakfu on the Xbox 360 there's a Wakfu game on the iOS and they all have really cool art style and I really um, I really enjoy the games uh, being in the games the gameplay for the 360 one, I still can't decide if I like it or not. It was so slow to start. I need someone to write in who's actually played through the 360 game of Islands of Wakfu and let us know if it's like any good. Well, and you kind of need a second player for your spirit. Oh, that's a good point. Hmm. Oh, well. So, uh, forget about Wakfu then. Final Fantasy 13 2. Um, what do we got? There's a demo coming. It'll be out on January 10th on PS3 and January 11th on Xbox 360. European PS3 owner, so John, you're getting one too. It'll be on January 11th, and uh, you'll get the demo as well. And they also put out a video about the Moogles in the game. We've known there's Moogles for forever, though. So, anyone excited for 13 too? Because I am. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. I'm interested. I'm interested, but not excited. Mm. But that that's kind of normal, I think. I'm liking um, some of the stuff from the soundtrack. Hating some of the other stuff from the soundtrack. Um, the Chocobo themes have uh, a lot to be desired in them. 
unfor- uh, have left a lot I to be desired. I like them. No, 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 they're not good, Anna. <laughs> Especially the okay, metal, that- the hardcore metal one. It's terrible. Okay, that reminds me. So, uh, did any of you read our our editor in chief, Michael Cunningham's uh, editorial Fixing on Final Fantasy? Yeah. No, I don't like that sort of stuff. That just sounds like it's it's actually spawned a really interesting forum debate. So, if you have not gone to the forums and read it, um, I think it's about sixty posts at this point. But definitely more. Oh wow. Okay. So yeah, definitely worth uh, taking a peek because we we definitely run the gamut between all the Final Fantasy games. Yeah, it's I brought it up because he he uh, he sort of starts off his uh his sort of his editorial with talk with thirteen two and the idea because they sort of like they they didn't deliver. I, I guess the Square Enix team didn't feel felt like they didn't deliver on what they promised with thirteen. So they're going back to the drawing board and doing it all again with thirteen two and saying this is what you we heard your feedback. This is what we wanted. This is what we wanted to create, but we couldn't. So here it is. And I guess Mac is saying that's probably not the best path to be taking right now, right? So what does he say they should take? Um, he likes the idea that they start fresh every time but have certain constants. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, something about Final Fantasy 4, 5, and 6 seems like it worked well that they were kind of the same style of game, just improved upon each time. Um. Yeah, but I think one of the arguments he makes was that you had 7, 8, and 9. Yeah, and each of those were very different from each other. But if you but had people like nine eight and then eight two, but people that really been... liked nine. And I love nine. Nine and is, they were building on each other. I don't think they were that different from each other. Sure, they well, experimented with drawing in eight, but it was the same three D Final Fantasy idea in all three of them, and it culminated in ten. Right, and I mean, again, that's sort of the idea is that they they do retain things across the series. But they also need to do something different every time. Why? Why not just do it better? Um, because every time they've tried to do it better, we get ten two, fourteen, and thirteen two. We also get twelve. Uh, excuse me. Let me say that again. When we do things different, we get twelve, which a lot of people hate because it's got an MMO style battle system. We get thirteen. But, but I also hear has... the opposite. A lot of people love it too because twelve is just so different. Yeah, I love but the political intrigue. Right now. What what do people seem to be cr- complaining about with Final Fantasy is we don't have a good traditional JRPG experience with it, right? But what, but, but what does traditional JRPG experience mean at this point? I was about to right. At this point, close. stop doing the different stuff. Put out like a classic Final Fantasy in the vein of like four through ten. That would just... be me. No, even four to no four to six and nine. I don't think seven and eight are classic Final Fantasies. Sorry. Yeah, but, wait, wait, you but, can agree to disagree on that. No, no, I'm just, I'm just saying. Throw in a turn-based battle system. Have a big cinematic story and all this stuff. Don't do anything crazy with the battle system. Don't try and take towns out of the game. Just kind of do a really polished experience like that, and and do it right. I, I think it would go. I think a lot of people would really appreciate having the big console JRPG experience again because we're not getting many of those. I think they need to start tightening up their production schedule because I think they're just trying to cram so much into it that it's taking them five years. I want to go back to when we have you know, a Final Fantasy every three years as opposed to every Well, what, I guess what I'm trying to get at, Anna, is, is, and that's true, is maybe, but the, the issue is people seem to be starved for a good traditional console RPG experience right now. And all we keep getting are different experiments. So stop with the experimenting. Put out like a good traditional Final Fantasy. Then go back to experimenting. 
Yeah, because yeah. I find that when we're getting that traditional thing, it's stuff like the after years, and that's really cool. But uh, yeah, but that was a cell phone are game. So <laughs> hung up on the idea that numbered main series games. I don't know. I think if you just want, it's so interesting though because I I feel like the market. I think. JRPG fans want just a traditional old experience. Maybe a lot of them do, but I don't know if the market does. I think they do right now because there haven't been a lot of options like that. And like to have like a really solid traditional experience, I think would do well. And if you kept just bringing them out year after year, I think I you're mean, right. It would just the market would not support it. Manny, we're getting to the point where you have Western developed JRPGs. Indie yeah, games I was about to bring that up. Amazingly well, because I was about a, to bring it up. Yeah, you know, because the, you know, Chris. There, there's about, a hole that they're filling. You know, Chris, I was to say the one I, 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 I see what you're getting at, but I still want a push forward. I still want a twist. I still want something different in the traditional Japanese role playing formula. And strangely enough, Obsidian is doing just that with the South Park RPG. Oh, South Park is a traditional turn based like Final Fantasy style RPG. But with like in within the South Park universe and yeah. with like a Facebook phone system where you're following, where you're seeing how popular you are and customizable characters, it's still that traditional experience with like enough of a twist. I, and I, I really wish I cared about that license. I really want to. I really want really to care about this game, but I hate South Park. It just I love South Park, yeah. and that's fine. So I'm, I'm really saying, excited I'm for you. You're going to have a good experience. I'm not saying it's terrible. I, I'll, I'll say it sucks and it's terrible, but that's okay. I don't have to like it. It's going to be no, good but for me. I, I think the core game that they're building is probably going to be the kind of game that you want, like the, the mechanics underneath. Uh, yeah, but if it doesn't have a story that I care about, I'm not going to play it. It's going to have a lot of South Park in it. Otherwise, what's the point? So, Oh, it's it's 100% South Park. Yeah, so I, I just don't see it being something that appeals to me. But I mean, know, isn't I, like the associate producer? I hope other people or take something? a... I hope, uh, what was that, Anna? Isn't the associate producer Trey Parker, whatever his name is? Oh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone are like the directly involved. Hmm. I mean, to put in perspective, one of the classes is the Jew class. So that's very much South Park inside joke right there. All right. So what we've learned is that South Park is going to save Final Fantasy, right? <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's interesting. <laughs> I, I, I'm still, I see what you're saying. It's just even within – even if you're going to do the traditional thing, you've got to do something a little different. Yeah. To, no, you're unless right. you're going to do just it's, like an iPhone or like a 3DS. It's time to make it modern. Um, you're absolutely. You know what? You know what would be good for someone to do? Take what White Knight story was going to be and actually execute uh-huh. that vision. Have like the collision detection be perfect, and have like this battle system where your fights are actually realistic and somehow fun. I don't know. Do something next gen, something you couldn't do before, and apply it to the the traditional JRPG formula. So like Lost Odyssey. Um. Yeah. Except people didn't like it as much, right? But so that, there must but be that something. That was like a modern there. traditional. Japanese role-playing game, right? No, you're right. And I really owe it to myself to finish that, don't I? I should do that. <laughs> I better do that. <laughs> I, I, is that it way in I your pile that goes X? Yeah. No, it is not. No, no. Uh, Brandon is borrowing it. He's been, he's been borrowing that. So I will be finishing Lost Odyssey at some point. So you can take a drink because that's how the drinking game works, right? So let's see. What did we learn Every about? Every time Chris promises to finish a game, we take a drink. I think so. We'd be toasted by I the know, end of this right? <laughs> uh, What did we learn? Uh, oh, yes. Go read the editorial and post your thoughts about how to fix Final Fantasy, which is probably... I, I haven't read the thread, but has it turned how to fix JRPGs in general? 
No, not at all. Really? It stayed focused on Final Fantasy? Definitely. Awesome, because that's kind of what people want to bitch about lately is, JRPGs are broken, the genre's dead, oh my gosh. I just want some good big budget JRPGs, that's all I can say, and all they give us are Tales games instead. Are you going to get, um, what what's it called? It's not called Monado. It's called Xenoblade? I already own it. I, I, all right, I imported so how was it that? from Europe. That's a big budget traditional um, I've played game. some of it, and it is fantastic. Uh, yeah, we need more of that. All right. I'm, I, did they announce? No, they didn't. I just asked if they've announced Final Fantasy X-2, which is the stupidest thing I've ever put in my head. I think so. Like, uh, maybe, like, It's already ago? came out. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I, they, I need I another Final Fantasy X. Oh, wait. I can't wait for that to Are come out on Vita. Are you thinking about X-2 for Vita? Yeah. Because I think that's going to... No, it's just 10 That's going to rely it's heavily on the sales of 10, yeah. No, I, I just... Um, I want another 10 style... I like the 10 style game, so I really should finish Lost Odyssey. <laughs> I don't know what I'm thinking. Uh, that stuff's cool. What, what what we should move on because it's just turning what I like, and nobody wants to hear what I like. I have too much. Um, what's the word today? Polarizing opinion. No, no, it was something more more negative than that. Douchebaggy. Douchebaggy. I'm I'm too big of a douche. I don't think that was in the reviews, but thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, uh, I'm trying to be creative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next story. Um, and let us know. You know, write to, into us. Tell us how to fix Final Fantasy and JRPGs. I mean, why not? Let's uh, RPG podcast. Let's keep this going. Let's figure out how to fix our genre, and then we can make a letter writing campaign or something. Yesterday, we reported that Fortune Summoner's demo was set to release today. Oh, yesterday? Oh, I'm just reading this. I shouldn't just read this. So this is audio format, so let me, let me do this right. Fortune Summoner's demo is available on Carpe Falker's official website. So, Fortune Summoner, anyone remember what this is? It's the uh, next Carpa Fulgar game. It was supposed to be out last year, but now it's February. Well, it's coming out in uh, January 17th, actually. Oh, my bad. And the demo's available right now at carpefulgur.com slash fs that's c-a-r-p-e-f-u-l-g-u-r dot com slash fs you can find the light uh the link on our website under the fortune summoners uh release date uh story we'll take you right there it's gonna be 25 five dollar game and that's all i know about it but uh, it's carpe Fulker game if you remember those are the people who translated and brought over um the alchemy shop game what was that called Chantelise. Chantelise, as well as the other one that was like the older game that looked like it was a PS1 game. Um, you don't remember? Ah. I guess I'm going to have to Google. Someone fill time while I Google. Wait, All what? Right. Uh, back on the uh, South Park thing, Rest while I was Googling. There you go. Um, Anna, did you see those South Park uh, screenshots that we posted on the, yeah. on the front page? I, I commented in the forums because it's like, again, I feel like it's a game I want to care about. But because I don't like South Park and I don't like the humor, it, it kills the game for me. Oh, but, I, you know, as I, I do like, I've been watching South Park since it started. As I've been, watched enough South Park to say with assurance that I don't like South Park. No, but it's, the thing that I like the most about this RPG is just like looking at the characters, like the main character. Like I, I love the idea of all this homemade loot and getting excited when I see a new saucepan or a, a <laughs> or a new like paper sword or something. Going like, oh yeah, I got and a sweet new saucepan. I mean, it's condescending, it but I feel like patting you on the head and going, "That's nice, dear. You go play your little game." 
Yeah, well, not every. That's what I love about the market. Not every game has to be for everybody. No, I mean, and, this- and definitely like this. I I I think it's going to be a really good game, and that is ultimately what disappoints me. It's like, oh, this looks like it's going to be an awesome game, and it's not for me. Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, I hear the same thing about like a lot of titles, like p- the people who love Modern Warfare Three and the sort of the multiplayer thing. I'm like, wow, that sounds like an awesome game. I wish I was in that kind of community and I, I got that excited about it. Mm-hmm. But it's just not me. Same thing. I think same thing with Uncharted. I'm just, I'm just not an Uncharted guy. I I recognize the quality of those titles. I recognize how grand and amazing they are. I just really have no interest in playing them. So you're turned off by game mechanics, and I'm turned off by licenses. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I, I wouldn't say I'm turned off by licenses, but I'm definitely turned off by story. I mean, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but the story and the older public is strong enough that I like it regardless. Hmm. But South Park's humor is just, nah. Yeah. All right. Well, how about Devil Survivor 2? You into that? I want to play that. Well, guess what? You'll be playing it soon. February 28th. 28th! Yay! Which is weird, because Devil we... Survivor Overclock came out for the 3DS. This is coming out for the regular DS. Yeah, because Devil Survivor 1 was DS, and then yeah. Overclocked was the remake for 3DS. So, so I'm sure... You, you should, you just I'm sure wait. it'll be a 3DS <laughs> yeah. remake. Maybe you shouldn't buy it on the 28th. No, no, because I mean, I both I played both the original Devil Survivor and Overclocked, hmm. so you know. Okay. I also had some freezing issues with my original Devil Survivor, though. So, and Overclocked did not have a freezing issue. <laughs> Overclocked did not have a freezing issue. Uh, I'm trying to think. Sorry, I'm trying to make a transition. Uh, hmm. Certain platforms freeze, and maybe we that's why. Had a great discussion about the realis- the realism of the heroine's chest in Devil Survivor Two. We we were having a, a, an in depth discussion of what was actually holding her boobs up like that. Really, you complain about South Park humor, and then you go there. Okay, South Park humor is body humor. And that wasn't, no, you know. Honestly, I think that's <laughs> well, this, the perception. This was just this was just a, ver- a, a a very lighthearted discussion because it basically the person who started the discussion was like, "I have three daughters, and I don't think I'm going to play this game because it doesn't portray women well." And it's like, well, maybe she just has two by four under her boobs, you know? Hey, oh, it's a shelf; it keeps them up. You know, I, I, I know who you're talking about, and I find it very interesting to see what they produce. Based and, off that very popular internet series. And, yes. <laughs> it's also warming, by the way. What? What are you guys talking about? Forget this. I'm going to talk about a game that has no boobs in it. Cthulhu Saves the World. That has boobs. It's got uh, Oki. Whatever. What a beautiful transition, <laughs> Chris. That was such a skillful transition, and you don't even know why. Okay. Uh, it's coming to new platforms called uh, iOS, Android, and Mac. So if you've never heard of those, they are mobile platforms, and uh, one is an alternative computing platform for for your your main PC or laptop. Uh, It's already on Xbox and Xbox Live Independent Games. I think it had a sale or some sort of push or promotion over the uh, holiday break. No, no, no. Now that they've announced it for other systems, they have dropped it permanently to $1 or 80 MS points. $1. All right. 
So they're gonna, um, it's being ported to iOS, Android, Mac. Just to say that again. And I think uh, you said somebody else is doing it. Yeah, Tinker House Game is doing the port. So there you go. That'll be sometime in quarter one this year. So if you've been waiting to play that and something else, I wonder if it'll come to the App Store. Probably, right? The Mac App Store. It be. Uh, I guess recently saw some sales numbers for Aspire. Fifty to sixty percent of their digital sales came from the Mac App Store, and the in the in the in the year that the Mac App Store has been around, and they've made a ton of revenue, and they've brought new life to old games that have been largely ignored for like the past several years, like uh, the Old Republic. So, if Z, Z, you'd be crazy not to put your game on that store, which comes which comes shipped and preloaded on every wait, it comes preloaded on every new Mac ship. This is true. Like, you know what I, I was reading the uh, Old Republic port on uh, the App Store while being twice as expensive as the Steam version of the port, which is PC only. Um is selling like 2 to 1 or something? No, I didn't hear that. Um what Did you just make that up? No, I remember reading that it was selling better. Wow. That's pretty cool if that's the case. Um what I was going to say is that they just put out a big update for it. And it makes it perform way, way, way better. So if you downloaded the App Store version of the Old Republic and thought it was running like crap even on a relatively new Mac, um, get an update. Get the update, and apparently it runs a ton better. It was patched to run on the Intel HD 3000, which is the system on the chip graphics card for the Sandy Bridge processors. Ah, okay. Yeah, but it's amazing because these are games that... I think most Mac users, they don't know about Steam, or if they hear about Steam, they're not going to go out of their way to download Steam just to try out maybe one game. But when it's right in front of you, when you open, when it's an icon on your dock on your brand new Mac, and you open it up and you say, hey, Star Wars, the older, I remember that game, I'm going to buy that. And then you just, and Apple does a great job of featuring games on their front page, like not just any old game, like, a, I don't know. Paper trash bin fart fighter or whatever they actually feature games. Paper that trash give- bin fart fighter is that the <laughs> something? The but next, you know something that that's people the next big iOS hit. Like, I like it. Paper they'll be like, trash hey, Borderlands is here. Fighter. Hey, we have uh, the new Batman game is here. Hey, check this out. Richard is on the front page. Hey, we have Limbo. That's on our front page. So who is ever curating the Mac App Store actually knows what they're doing. <laughs> Paper trash. So yeah, Z Boy put it on there, man. Make good money. Yes. I'm so sorry. I can't get that out of my head. I'm going to buy that game. Speaking of Old Republic, and I'm going to discuss the MMO. Yeah. Um, there are people that are now predicting that it's going to hit 3 million by March. Wow. That's pretty good. Subscribers? Yes. Sweet. I love it. So, that was something I saw on Gamma Sutra a couple days ago. All right. So... Speaking of platforms that do well at promoting games, here's one. Here's a game that's coming out on a platform that does not. Evil Quest is coming out for Xbox Live Independent Games, or I guess it's out now. Came out on January fourth. Eighty Microsoft points, and you get to play as a villain, the Dark Knight Galvis, who's out to dominate the world. So it's called Evil Quest because you're on an evil quest to, you know, dominate the world and all that. So you get uh, you can go check that out. Uh, it's only a buck, so even if it sucks, you're not out much. So um, first impressions from the forums seem to be unbalanced difficulty, but otherwise good. Yeah, that's fine. Why not? And wow, there's a lot of forum comments on this. <laughs> Zboyd Games actually commented on it, and yep. they know a thing or two. Let's see. Mostly filled with longings for Crystalis to show up on the Wii Virtual Console. 
So apparently it's very similar to Crystalis. Yeah, it's like Crystalis, um, except not as good. All right. There we go. Go check it out. And uh, if you're out of dollar, I'm sorry. I, I won't send you a dollar, but I'll, I'll be sad for you. You just let me know if I wasted a dollar for you. Fire Emblem 3DS debuts DLC for Nintendo. Check this out. So there will be um, paid downloadable content, and it's coming out with their upcoming Fire Emblem for 3DS. This is this is like the, this is Nintendo's entry into DLC. So check this out. Uh, I said that twice. So pay attention. Yeah, I needed a synonym to check this out. Is that good? All right. There's there's been a lot of good 3DS um, virtual store growth that I'm very excited about as someone who works with a company that could possibly be putting games on the 3DS virtual store. All right. Well, the uh, game's Japanese title for um, 3DS is going to be Kakusai, which translates to Awakening. It'll be out on April 19th and has voice acting, voice acting during the battle sequences and the world map that allows players to engage in optional battles. Skill systems more flexible than the previous Fire Emblem games, which um, previously you were just... What were you doing? Choosing to spend an emblem on people, right? To get a, an additional skill or something like that? I can't remember. Oh, it's been so long since I played a good Fire Emblem. Um, let's see. All they've said is that they're going to have DLC... And that's it. They haven't said what it's going to be, apparently. Our story doesn't have it. So I'm sorry I don't have details about what you're going to buy. So it would be really nice to know that, wouldn't it? <laughs> Anybody know? Nobody knows. Okay. And we don't have... Like I said, not, being, not, not following 3DS stuff, so... Yeah, and we don't have my, a yeah. forum link on this story either, so... Hmm. Okay. Eh. Eh. DLC. Ah, there's a form link. They just forgot to put it in the story itself. So is anybody clarified on this one? Oh, the other thing we don't know is whether or not the DLC will come to the North America. Uh, the game itself hasn't been announced for North America, and we're just kind of hoping that they'd say something, and they didn't. And that makes me sad. And so, yeah? I was wondering, how big is this DLC? I mean, don't know. can you store it onto a separate SD card? Don't know. Because uh, this is the first time they're doing it, right? The yeah, first well, Nintendo most DLC goes... Well, I mean, Nintendo does a lot of download games already on the on the D, on the DS and 3DS, and they go on the SD card. So I I would assume this goes on there as well. Hmm. Um. Yeah. I don't know. That's uh. The forum doesn't have any additional info. So there's 3DS Fire Emblem has DLC, and that's all we know. So go. I guess we need to start a letter writing campaign saying, "Hey, release that here." When you're done with uh, when you're done translating Xenoblade, get around to that, okay? Thanks. Bye bye. Hey, uh, listen. Okay. <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, we've lost Anna. Oh, look at that. Well, I'll get her back. Oh no, she fell off Skype. So maybe we'll get her back eventually. Alrighty then. While you do that, uh, speaking of old Republic news, they just won a Guinness World Record for the most voice acting in a video game ever. Wow, really? Yeah, Guinness World Record, most voice acting. Well, that doesn't really surprise me much because the vast majority of the game's files are voice files. Um, They have to voice for eight character classes across both genders and pretty much every quest is voiced. So, yeah, that's a lot of talking. 
and only half of those people are Nolan North. So, <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Actually, does Nolan is Nolan North even in the Old Republic? Yeah, he is the male smuggler. Oh right, okay. And he smuggles voices. mail. That's a federal offense. You can't smuggle. No, the, mail. The, 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 the the best one is um is the female is the female Republic trooper, which is Jennifer Hale using her Commander Shepard voice. Nice, Shepard. <laughs> Rex, how much Steve Bloom is in there? Shepard, Rex, <laughs> or Wolverine. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> I spent like five minutes doing that once. <laughs> Rex. Rex. <laughs> oh, One of my um, favorite parts of the game. <laughs> okay. Uh, so- apparently, the MMO has over two hundred thousand lines of quest dialogue spoken by a couple of hundred voice actors. Okay. And some of those voice actors include uh, uh, what's her name from She's All That. Remember that? From uh, She's Jennifer, Le- All Jennifer that? Lee Cook. Hmm. Jennifer Lee Cook. Okay. She's you don't remember she sold that. She's all of that. No, I don't remember. No, like kiss me. Do, 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 do. Do you oh, remember the one where the... all that, all that. Um, oh, really? Yeah, Jennifer Lee Cook or something, something like that. I don't know her name. She's all Rachel Lee Cook. There you go. I'm confusing like three different teen actresses. She's who are all no that came out in 1999. A high school jock makes a bet that he can turn an unattractive girl into the school's prom queen. That's the one. Starring Freddie Prince Jr. and Rachel Lee Cook. That's the one. I was I've, confusing Jennifer Jason Lee and Rachel Lee Cook. I have never heard of that movie. You never heard of Cheese? <laughs> no. Is it any good? Come on. It has been made fun of many times. No, I have not seen it. I don't even remember it. Oh, I haven't seen uh, it either. Well, it's Freddie Prince Jr. So, you know, I, I think I subconsciously tried to avoid all of his stuff. We're talking about not a, another teen movie. Ugh. A guy in, like, Scooby-Doo, for heaven's sake. So. Oh, he's on 24 a lot. Wow. Season 8. That, I, I, I will say this. I've never had the opportunity to say this. Season 8 of 24 should not have existed. Oh, really? It was completely... It made no sense given the end of Season 7. Is that the season last Season 7 actually had some... There'd be a season 8 of, of 24 made no sense. It was weak compared to all the other seasons. There was a side story that had... It was irrelevant. It had nothing to do with anything. It was... And the way it ended at the end, it just... Turn off the camera. I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run away. I'm Jack Bauer. It made no sense, especially given the fact that season seven had a mini series, like a, a like a, a special mini movie prior to the launch of season seven, and that whole little mini movie was just to get Jack Bauer back into the United States. And then after that, Jack Bauer's gonna die. Maybe, maybe he's not. It's just season eight should not have existed. Well, that was it was tacked on at the end, is what you're saying? Just absolutely because season. they because season seven did so well, they said like we need to do one more of these. And then they're like, "Oh, we don't need to do any more of these." <laughs> it was it's just if you look at it tonally, season seven, they brought back a character you thought was dead. There were some great revelations. You find out the people who have been manipulating you all along. I mean, for goodness sakes, the White House is attacked and the president's like kidnapped. How do you top that? And the thing is, they didn't. Know. Oh, they didn't. So what you should do <laughs> is, if you're watching Twenty Four, stop after season seven and the movie or whatever. Oh yeah, there's a. It just makes it's just so funny that the final season of Twenty Four didn't have like a mini movie. Tying into it like season seven did. Oh, mini and it movies makes... come before the series. Yeah, yeah, it's like a prequel season? movie. Okay. All right, all right. 
It just makes no sense. It's silliness. So review of season eight of twenty four, no. courtesy of an RPG cast. Yes. Well, I'm <laughs> glad we get. It sounded like Manny's been waiting a long time to talk about this. So I have been. Him, I've been I'm, thinking about that for years. I'm glad we gave him a platform to, to discuss <laughs> it. So, did you also hear that Kaz Harai is going to be Sony's president? How does this change life? Uh, he's taking the position from Howard Stringer. Now, is he fired or something? What's wrong with Stringer? I, I don't know. So it's, it's a rumor. He's going to be um, taking the position in April, supposedly. So that's all I know. Because, uh, you know, Kazurai, he's, uh, I don't know. He's fine. Not much of a story. Okay, how about the Xbox 360 and the PS4, the Xbox 360 successor and the PS4 to be revealed at E3? Ha, 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 ha. Oh, wait, we already knew that. So that's not much of a story. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, you you think they still won't? I I, I guess they could reveal it, but the question is when would it come out? That's like the big debate, right? Would it come out this year or would it come out next year? Mm-hmm. Well, you have to remember, it's ridiculous how well the Xbox 360 is still selling. Gangbusters. Ooh. On a six-year-old machine, they are still selling like multiple hundred thousand units every month. Like, like 200,000, 300,000. It's like ridiculous how much they're selling of this six-year-old box. I mean, why would you... Why would you stop when well, you can still make a lot of money off of something that you have a high margin on already? Wow, what's this about this Avenger controller stuff? I didn't hear about oh, any of that. Oh, you didn't hear about Ocean no. Marketing? That's no. hilarious. What is this? All right, <laughs> fill people in. This is awesome. This is well, Chris, like, welcome to that story was a 24-hour – it was really was a part of that 24-hour news cycle because it, it, it happened and it was done and it was all news within 24 hours. And what was it? Okay, so apparently, Quinn, do you want to do this one? I, I, you, you probably, I think you probably know more about it than I do. I remember just, what, I remember just watching it unfold on Fark. Okay, so basically, okay, so imagine this: you're a guy named Dave, and you're you're upset because you you want an Avenger controller for Christmas because you apparently have someone in your family who's disabled and needs this controller. Okay, and you were told that it would ship by a certain date. So you you know two weeks pass and it doesn't ship. So you contact the marketing department. You say hey hey what's going on? Where's where's this Avenger controller? He said don't worry it's coming. And then it doesn't come at the date they say the, the date they said. So you send another email and you say what's going on? And the guy eventually goes back and forth like that until the until the marketing guy calls you a baby. He says I WW on the internet son. I know everybody. I know the mayor of Boston. You, <laughs> you don't matter son. I you know don't the matter. mayor of Boston. <laughs> I know the guys that pin- who pulled that out guys- as proof of how awesome they are. I know I the know mayor son, of Boston. You know, you know, son. You don't talk to me like that. You're nobody. You don't matter. <laughs> so of course, what does this guy, poor guy Dave, do? He forwards this email to uh, to, to Mike from Penny Arcade. Oh, okay. Well, what and is Mike? Wait, what? Why does Penny Arcade have to? What? He forwards well, it to Penny Arcade. We don't go to the news anymore. We go to a comic strip. Is that what we do now? Penny Arcade to talk. Oh, because he mentioned them specifically. They're like, son, I got boost at PAX. I got whatever. I'm so oh, important. Oh, okay. All right. That makes so he more sense. And the guy's like, yeah, it was specifically, it was specifically the boost at PAX line got that it, made him it. forward it. All right. So, okay. So, um, you know, Mike sees this and he's like, hey, man, what's going on with this? I can tell you right now, the way you're treating this customer, you will never have Now, does a- he do that in private or does he put it up on the Penny Arcade he does website? It private first. Oh, okay. And then this guy comes back and insults him right back. And he's like, Ooh. oh, son, I know the mayor of Boston, blah, blah, blah. You don't know <laughs> nothing. I'll have a booth there tomorrow. You won't even know what's going on. <laughs> what does Mike do? He goes, uh, okay. And he posted, he posted the entire email exchange on, 
and the new and the news column on, on the website and it explodes. The internet goes crazy. They go after this guy. <laughs> and you you basically realize that this guy is just like the biggest the biggest D bag on the planet. And it's Well just, he is in PR, so that's kinda comes with the territory. So it's it's pretty f- I give you the short version, but basically Mike sort of just says, Here internet, I'm just gonna leave this right here. Do with it what you will. <laughs> Do what you will. And apparently they turn around and say I, I assume they fired the guy and um they and he was fired it. like six hours. He yeah. got tore up. And they made a ten thousand dollar donation to Child's Play. So it was pretty bad. So the company said, uh, "We don't want anything to do with this idiot who was talking to you." Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, and then at some point he changes his. It was pretty funny because at some point he changed his. Uh, he changed his Twitter handle from Ocean Marketing to Ocean Strategy. Oh. Yes, strategy, not Strat- strategy. Strategy. Oh, okay. Okay, so 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 uh so that he uh, can avoid all the angry hate mail he's getting, but yet he doesn't realize that when you give up a name on Twitter, you yeah. leave it open for someone else to get. Ah. So someone else took the, the Twitter handle Ocean Marketing, and this guy didn't, and it was still feeding onto their main page. So this guy would be making Twitter updates as the fake Ocean Marketing guy, and it was still feeding into his wow. his front page. It was just embarrassing. That is funny. Did you? I gave you the the, the funny version, but it it got to the point where it got a little sad, and you realize all oh, this. I don't know. Yeah, that guy's done. So, yeah. <laughs> Oops. Uh, long and short, um, don't insult customers. It's just never a good idea. All right. So, <laughs> SOPA apparently is supported by the ESA. Seriously? But wow. not by every member of the ESA. And not by every member of the ESA. Um, and some companies are choosing not to make their stance public or really take a stance because, honestly, what's it matter, right? <laughs> whether or not a video game company says they support it or not is not going to change whether or not the bill gets through. So that's interesting. But the ESA itself, they're a lobbyist organization. The fact that they support it matters. So, hmm. Oh, well. That sucks. I wonder if the ECA supports it. Probably not, right? That's the the consumer side of the entertainment video game industry. That's the one that you can join. ECA. All right. Nobody knows. Okay. Boring. I'll move on. Visa, Vita sales. Visa sales. Vita sales are struggling Visa in Japan. Visa sales are up. Visa sales are up, but Vita sales, not so much. <laughs> so uh, apparently Vita came out, and I heard this on the podcast, the 8.4 podcast. They were talking about it now or on the, on the iPod, and they were like, yeah, it came out. It was really hard to get the first day, or there were lines and stuff, and then at, later that day, you realize, no, it's not that hard to get, and... Um, yeah, it's still in stock in most places. So uh, they sold. They had a nice little launch, and uh, that's it. Death of Vita. Can we call it already? I don't know. Uh, no. <laughs> it's not doing too well, is it? It's just a, it's a troll thing. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> Who cares? If when the games are out, whether or not it sells, that's when you tell. It's it's way too early to say that the system's dead already. I think that's silly. I'm just saying that though, but it's just a little sad to see. I mean, what happened to all that excitement? Well. I'm not sure if things still being in stores is really a good sign of things. I mean, I went, I did some pre-Christmas shopping, and I found some like five or six copies of the Skyrim special. You know, like the super special edition, the one with the dragon statue. Yeah, they're all hundred bucks and they now, were, aren't they? And they were reducing them to get rid of them. Yeah, they're doing that here too. Yeah, you know, but, I, I know Skyrim was amazingly successful, but you know, stuff still on. Stuff people still just didn't on, buy the crazy limited. You know, the same thing happened with Halo too. The crazy limited editions. Um, they they overmade them, but uh, I think that's a little different than this, though, because the game itself we know sold like game boxers. Well, it's funny. I, th- I think it's more not a case of overmade them. I think they they told buyers that this is the one you're gonna want, 
And Best Buy said, yeah, okay. We'll buy 10 of the dragons. Well, we'll they made them. I mean, they're sitting in stock, so they did make them. Um, it's because Best Buy ordered them yeah. at E3 because no, right, they you're were right. so convinced. GameStop. I saw them in GameStops, too. Same thing. Yeah. They were also convinced they're like, everyone's going to buy these. And apparently, no, they're not, except for crazy people like me. Yeah, I should have waited. I know Michael got like Skyrim for free and then went out and bought a limited edition at reduced price just to get the dragon, which is a bit crazy. And then he's going to sell the game on eBay or something. Actually, that works out pretty well. Hmm. It's a good strategy. He's smart. Yeah. What's well, up? well, I mean, I was gonna say I'm in the process of importing a game, like the special edition of it, because I only want one of the bits in it. And I'm just oh. selling the other bits to my housemates. Don't you guys have it too? What? No, no, no. I'm talking about a completely different game here. Just, oh, I'm game? just saying that I, you know, I, I ordered the special edition of it. Um, of which game? I'm just which selling. Game? I'm just Tell selling. People. Oh, right. No, I am importing. There is a, a PSP fighting game based on the Nanaha franchise that I'm importing. Uh, and um, I, I bought the special edition, and it was close to something like a hundred quid. But I'm selling bits of it to my housemates because they're more interested in it than I am. You know, I don't need character figures, that kind of thing. So I'm yeah. just saying, I've managed to come to some agreement where uh, I can just sell them. So, yeah. Oh, this is, is it? weird. Uh, sorry, just found a story about older public players supposedly getting banned for going to a high-level planet and looting containers. But then it's been updated to say, no, apparently that's not the case. So, okay. Whatever. All right, so that's not a story. Um, God of War 4... Oh, wait, that's not RPG. <laughs> oh, 3DS uh, passed 4 million in the U.S. So there's an example of a system that we thought was in trouble that seems to be doing just fine. Uh... Let's see, that's Sonic. What else we got? Yeah, we got to have more news here somewhere. Nothing? Got nothing? I guess not. Hmm. Until what we're playing? Until what we're playing, then. Let's do it. Nothing came. Uh, nothing else cool came out of that Nintendo uh, 3DS event, though, right? That's that's all I want to make sure, because that, that was a big thing they did. And... Um, like the 24th, 23rd or so. Oh, excuse me, 24th. On the 26th. And I just want to make sure we didn't miss anything. I guess not. Okay. Yeah, so what have you been playing? Manny, you want to tell us? Uh, yeah, uh, not much. I beat Brotherhood, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, finally. I'm almost done with my backlog. I'm excited. There's like maybe five or six games left. Uh, uh, do, you have, do you have uh, Revelations yet, Manny? I think I'm going to skip Revelations. Okay. Uh, what? You don't want the thrilling conclusion? From what everything I hear, there's not a, there's not enough happens to move the core story along in Revelations to make it viable and the tower defense parts. Plus, at the end of Brotherhood, I kind of had my fill for a while of Assassin's Creed. I'm like, you know what? I'm satisfied for a little while. Wait for it to I don't be need $10. to come back here. And not only that, though, is um, when the games keep on ending on cliffhangers because they know it's an annualized series. I kind of feel, I feel kind of burned. Ah, okay, that makes sense. Like especially the the way Brotherhood ended, I'm like another clip, really another cliffhanger. So, I think I think I'm good for a little while. Okay. Chris, did you did you hammer the keys exceptionally hard there to make a point? Uh oh, no, I I just realized you guys have the wrong mic feed. Let me fix that for you. Oh. <laughs> 
You've been hearing, yeah. Sorry about that. That sounds much better. These poor guys have been listening to the crappy microphone built into my Mac the whole time. Yeah, seriously. Man. Feel sorry for them. Feel sorry for them. You recorded the entire cast like that. No, I did not record the cast like that. Oh, good. He records his feed separately from ours. Yes. Oh, so I see. his feed sounds schmancy and ours sounds ambivalent. I also also say about Brotherhood before I forget is that uh. It's strange. Like I feel like not a lot of forward because when you have an ally series, annualized series, you don't have to have a lot of forward movement in each type, in each game. So it sort of felt like even within Ezio's story, the only real game was Rome is in trouble. I need to save Rome from the Borgias. Okay, I saved Rome from the Borgias. End of the story. From the what? The Borgias. Borgias. From? Are you the trying Borgia. to say bourgeois? No, the no. Borgia. Cesar Borgia. Borgia. It's a family okay. name. Oh, okay. Name of an Italian family. Okay. No, I I misunderstood what you were trying to say. I'm sorry. Carry on. All right. So it's sort of like, oh, yeah, okay. So, you know, sort of like, I need to save Rome from the Borgia. I saved Rome from the Borgia. Okay. That's kind of what it felt like. Everything sort of surrounding that, I don't feel like it moved the story enough forward. So I was slightly disappointed there. Fair enough. But I, um, I will say, though, that I did start playing Darksiders just this morning before the podcast. Ooh, any good? I have to say that is tickling an itch that that it just perfectly because I think now you I, you have uh, not been playing Skyward Sword at all, right? No. Okay. No, but I'm talking about like this sort of like the aesthetic and sort of the setting. Do I've you even have of, a Wii? Yeah, I do. Okay. I, it's in a box somewhere. I really regret buying it. Wish I could sell it. Well, I, I was just asking because, you know, everyone says it's like a, a Zelda game. So I was wondering oh, it if you're is. playing it's the totally re- is. recent Zelda is. game or not. So. But, it's, but it's a Zelda game with sort of like a heavy metal Zelda game with a, sort of a, a, a Diablo aesthetic. Heavy and sort of like, yeah, Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's funny because I uh, like watching the stuff from what they're showing about Diablo 3, sort of the, the eternal war between heaven and hell and the demons and the angels. And this, that's kind of exactly what uh, Darksiders is. I really, I'm really liking the aesthetic. I, I sort of like the Zelda feel without having to be trapped to the Zelda tropes and the weird Zelda characters. I like having like an what? evil. Don't you like Tingle? You know what I like? Hey, listen. I like having an evil Navi who's voiced by Mark Hamill. Okay, that's pretty awesome. You're actually right about that. All right, fair enough. Because literally, yeah, you win on that. Is an evil Mark Hamill. All right, fair enough. So it's sort of just—it's just the right mix of old school Zelda mechanics, a little bit of combat. It looks really nice. I wasn't expecting these looks. I, I heard because I heard so many middling things about the game for so long mm-hmm. that my expectations were so low that when I put it in and started playing, I'm like, "Hey, this actually looks pretty good. Hey, the voice acting is actually pretty good. Hey, you know what? This is a really fun Zelda clone. All right. So so far, I'm just a few hours in. I'm having a blast. All right. And it's it's sort of like my surrogate sort of like Diablo universe and a mix of other kind of universes, and it's a lot of fun. And I think the reason why I'm most excited about it is because I've been hearing some great things about Darksiders 2. Like how Darksiders 2, they're really ratcheting up the RPG mechanics. Like it, like the main character, Death, is going to have random loot drops for uh, armor. So you're going to have like purple armors, like boss-level armor that you can get in, like in random in dungeons. There's going to be uh, multiple hub cities, quest NPCs. Uh, lots of side quests and just one of the hub cities and its surrounding dungeons has as much content 
as all of Darksiders 1 has. So I figured before I jump into Darksiders 2, I want to see what Darksiders 1 has to offer. So, yep. That's why RP Gamer covers Darksiders. Sounds good. I like it. Uh, let's see. What did I play? I played a lot of... Uh, well, not a lot. I played a bit of uh, Star Wars The Old Republic. You played with me, Anna. Yeah, we did our first Flashpoint. We did a Flashpoint. That's what I that wanted to talk about. It was very cool. It was excellent. What classes are you guys? What? Sorry, I didn't hear the question. Oh, what classes are you guys? Um, I'm a Twi'lek lightning slinger. Sith Inquisitor. Thank you. You are a Sith Inquisitor. I am an Imperial agent, operative spec. And uh, yeah, we we did our first Flashpoint, and it's like, in some ways, you could say it's just a WoW dungeon, you know, like a kind of like a five man, except we only needed two people to do it. One, we only needed two people, and two, the story was really cool. Yeah, it had all these cutscenes throughout it, and stuff kept happening. There's a bunch of extra objectives you could say, okay, well, we could keep going forward, or we do all this other stuff. We get bonus loot and experience. So we're, we, we got two levels off of that flashpoint. Two levels in the flashpoint, way faster than doing regular grinding, and it was really interesting and fun. We had a lot of fun with that. They yeah. did a nice job with those flashpoints. So I'm really liking what they're doing in yeah. that game for that stuff. So the idea was is we were moving between um Flashpoint big, is such a stupid name. We should say yeah, what flashpoint means. What does it mean? It's it, basically a it's a dungeon. Yeah, it's just an instance. Yeah, it's an instance dungeon that you gather together, form a party, going together. So so this particular one is we were on a transport ship and we got a message that um, we needed to intercept another ship and the captain had disobeyed the interception order. So we fought our way to the bridge. And wait, 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 wait. Don't spoil the flashpoint for people. What are you doing? I'm just going to go a little bit further. And then we have to capture the other ship. And by the way, I did not want to kill the captain. She chose to kill a captain, and it randomly yeah, um, it randomly chooses which of your choices to use. Yeah. So on every Although conversation, it does a roll, and whoever gets a higher roll, it goes yeah. with your conversation choice. I did did note that um, if, for example, the uh, resultant roll has um as has an alignment shift on it, um, everybody even if maintains. It, it, yeah, it does shift. whatever you chose. Yeah. So if you chose yeah, the light you side, you get the light yeah. side points. You don't get you don't get people other people effectively other people's dark side points. Yeah, people would be so upset if that happened. <laughs> yeah, I'd be upset. I don't want your stinking light side points. Yes. You were yeah, and I don't want your stinking dark side points. It's really Quinn, funny. Are you playing with them? Um, um, we I have played together once. Yeah, I have several characters on Desser and several characters outside of it because I have chronic altitis already. Um, so there's no, uh, but there's no region locking, right? No. Well, between no, turns, America turns, and Europe. No, 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 no. It turned out after um, after my comments uh, on the podcast beforehand, I'd read somewhere that um, there was no way of creating characters on other servers. Um, what I'd actually done was I'd accident when I created my first character, I'd actually created it on a North American server anyway, and there isn't any region locking. <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was that was a bit of a screw up on my part. So Oops. yeah, there, there's no region lock because I've played on the same server Where as. Where can I find the tab for North American servers? Oh wait, I'm already. Oh, on it's it. right there. <laughs> so what are you playing, Quinn? Um, well, the highest level character I have is an Imperial agent, but sniper spec. Um, I have uh, the character I played with Anna was another Sith sorcerer, although I've gone assassin spec. Uh, on the European server, I have a Jedi Knight. Um, I also have a Sith Warrior. Um, 
and those are the characters that I've managed to get. I finished the second storyline planet and got their ships for. Okay, so, so on your on your Sith warrior, have you um, had your slave watch you have sex? No. Okay. What? That was one of the quests that there was a big kerfuffle about in the media this week. Because you can abuse the hell out of your slave if you're a Sith warrior, including making them watch things that they don't want to watch. How are? But with who? You you need to you need to get in order to do sex stuff. You need to like um, really get the alignment with one of your companions really high. Uh, Actually, um, I was going to say. At one point on uh, during the Nashadar quests on my Imperial agent, it is possible to seduce the target. I was playing; I play a female Imperial agent, um, and I think one of the options towards the end of that one is to kind of get the last piece of information, which probably involves some interesting uses of black boxing. Oh. Um, and I didn't; I sort of left him high and dry on that one because I felt like being a bit of a dick. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it, 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 there is a bit of uh, there is a bit of that going on, kind of outside of your companion characters. Man, everyone's being a dick, as you put it. It seems like everyone's playing Imperial. That's the that's the faction to play. I know, but I'm playing ev- all of the all of the Imperial characters I've played so far. I've played as lightsiders. All right, but Imperial it's very very entertaining. Imperial agent, right? Those are the two yeah. things to do. Say what? Everyone loves the Imperial Agent. Do they? Actually, I think now nah, the... Oh, the storyline, you mean? Because it's really yeah, fun. I think the early statistics they've revealed have said I think the Imperial Agent is currently the, the least played class. Yeah, like uh. the, the class itself people don't aren't drawn to because it is the least flashy. You're just a, a, you're just a dude with gun, right? So you're not... That's a, the one I hear the most stories about is the Imperial Agent. Because you're a spy. You're a freaking spy for the Imperial. So that's really cool. Like, the story starts out like you feel like freaking James Bond. You're evil James Bond. So that's, that's pretty neat. And I don't know if it continues. I'm level 12. I just got to a new planet. I don't know if the story stays good. I'm hoping it does, but I'll let you know later. Well, I remember uh, you're on the planet where I talked about the, um, the, 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 that particular alignment choice from the last podcast. Yeah. Where the, 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 the dark side option is to put down the slave revolt um, Slow, uh, slowly and with lots of pain and the light side option is to put down the slave revolt really quickly mm-hmm. oh really yeah. quick oh that's right I can either kill you all slowly or kill you all quickly either way you're all dead you're dead either way so I'm just, just give me a minute here to decide uh, you're all dead All right. Uh, apparently Ramza in the chat room says dark side bounty hunter is also awesome So you guys should have a RP gamer guild I think uh, well, I'm already in a guild. Um, oh. We're already in a guild called Kill Rolls Favors, Kill Rolls Favor Flavors on Hyperspace Cannon. Um, I don't know what that means, but uh, some of our friends are in it. Some of our friends from our WoW guild are in it. Um, you know the Dine Harrier Guild, Quinn. So yeah, they, yeah. They all went over there, and they're in that guild. Yeah, no, I I haven't had an invite to it yet. So oh, yeah, just jump on, and we can work that out if you want. Although, unless you've already well, found your like own to. guild. Yeah. yeah, Doof Doof is 50 and grinding, so he is on a lot. Yeah, the problem is, is my current, like the character I'm currently playing the most is actually just one I created on a random server when the game went live. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of hoping that they, they institute some kind of server transfer system at some point. Yeah, I was wondering, they don't have any of that yet, do they? No. 
Because hmm. a number of the uh, uh, for all of the for all of the numbers that they've put out, a couple of the servers are well dead zones. I might just recreate my Imperial agent on hyperspace cannon. Okay. Um, server, what server are you guys on? We are on hyperspace cannon. Me and Anna. Hyperspace cannon. All right. So there you go, RP gamers. If you want to play with Anna and Chris, go to hyperspace cannon. Yes, my character's name is Nabuo, N-U-B-U-O, and Anna's is something really weird. Chawaya, C-H-A-W-A-Y-A. That's racist. Yeah, probably What? <laughs> um, yes, so what else? Um, oh, that's what I played. Oh, I also played, uh, again with Anna, Back to the Future, the game. We finished up episodes Yay, three, four, three, and five. And five. Is that any good? Um, three is really bad. Yeah, three is killer. Like, we got partway through three and we were like, blah, we don't want to play anymore. And it took us... It sets up some good stuff in four and five. Yeah, uh, but three is definitely the, uh, the low point of that particular series of episodes. That being said, five completely made up for it because five was like no we can't end yet oh good there's more no 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 wait it can't yet oh good there's more so yes i definitely marty you need a point and click (laughs) (laughs) oh actually we switched to the ps3 for the last two episodes so it actually wasn't point and click right uh because i got it free i'm a playstation plus member so i logged in my ps3 i'm like you get back to the future free i'm like oh cool i don't have to like port it over from the pc anymore because i was playing it on the computer with like the mouse on the couch and it was really awkward so we used the ps3 controller and it was like ah perfect um unfortunately uh strange as it sounds um back to the future looks better on pc than it does on ps3 so apparently ps3 cannot fully handle the power of the telltale engine at 1080p it's very sad, <laughs> but true. And there was no power of love. There was no power of love, but they did license back in time. So, there you go. And it was cool, because there was actually a fair amount of um, lines from Michael J. Fox in the fifth episode. Yes. Because uh, well. the guy that plays Marty is... Um, AJ Robinson, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. And but Same yeah, um, not Robinson, but yeah, yeah. He's he plays Marty, and then Michael J. Fox, as opposed to playing Marty, plays Marty's dad. No, plays uh, he, his great grandfather. He plays. Well, I wasn't going to spoil it, but yeah, he shows up in episode five. So. He shows up in a few episodes. Nope, just episode five. Really? Yes. Yeah. 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 Episode five just went on for a while, so. Yeah. They definitely they, just, uh, they give you they give you plenty of um of big ending to that game. So And I particularly love the fact that um I, I don't think it's a huge spoiler, but um Marty at one point turns to the, the great grandfather goes, He's the one that peed on me. Yes. Referencing movie three. Or movie two. So or movie what movie three. Movie three. Yes. So who else? has played some games this week and wants to talk about them. Uh, well, I, I, judging by the comments I've already made, I've played quite a bit of The Old Republic. All right. Um, what I else think, did you do? What do you mean, what else did I do? 
Oh, just Old Republic? I was just, oh, no, I, I was just going to go into about some couple of my experiences with it. And so okay. Have you done yeah. some heroics, and have you done other flashpoints and stuff like that? Uh, I have still only done the one flashpoint, although I've done it three times now, uh, each with different characters. Um, and I, I, there's this thing where um, I finished the storylines on the second planet, um, which for the Republic is Coruscant, and for... Oh. Drummond Cass. Yeah, Drummond Cass for the for the Empire. And I kind of like I get my ship and I'm just kind of like uh and I sort of stop and uh, I've kind of I because I, I have, have you some played like, Star Fox yet? Yes, I have played Star Fox. Good. How did you um, like it? It's okay. For 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 a Star Fox clone, it's it's okay. Um I just I, I sort of enter this it's like the storyline doesn't wholly grab me. Like, because if I was really into the storyline, like, say, for example, other uh, Mass Effect, like, say, Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2, a couple of other Bioware games I really like, um, it's kind of, you know, there's always this kind of drive to, to, to persist with the storyline. And as far as the, um, as far as the Empire storyline goes, I hit Balmora, and I've only finished Balmora on one character. Um, and it, it, it just feels a bit, hmm... Apparently, the first major plot arc of uh, each character doesn't finish until you're about level 32, and you've done something like four or five planets worth of storyline. Um, so, I just at the moment, I just kind of feel like it, it's just a bit too. It's kind of dragging just a bit too much. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying that's a kind of like overwhelming criticism of the game. I don't think it's bad based on that. Um, I, I, and, and sometimes it's just a case of um, missing some of the quality of life improvements that other MMOs like World of Warcraft have made over the years. Like, for example, traveling around until you get either Sprint or your speeder bike, which happens at 25, I think. Just feel, for some reason, because um, Star Wars always feels so big, all of the locations have to be really massive in order to fit with the kind of scale that they were in the movies it just feels sometimes feels like such a long time to crawl around places i don't know if you two have found that at all mm. i don't know the big space station felt appropriately huge yeah. mm. drawman car seems big Although I haven't, I basically stepped into the wilderness and got like eight quests, so I haven't gone any further yet. <laughs> I kind of want to do the flashpoint again, so. Well, you can repeat the flashpoint daily, I think. So. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 you don't get, I don't think you get into the level range to to do another flashpoint until you're something like sixteen or seventeen, possibly eighteen. Aha. Uh-huh. Um. Because I've I've got the quest I've got the quests for the two the next two flashpoints which I think is Athis uh, Hammer Station and Athis I think it is, um, but one of them I'm my highest level character is now twenty one, and one of those quests has gone green which means I think I may have slid past the kind of expected level range of one of them, so I should probably go and get some people and do it otherwise I might find it just too easy challenge would be nice kind of thing um i don't i it i'm i think i probably just need some more time with it um just, i need to settle down with a character class i probably need to find a guild i may end up recreating my um uh imperial agent character on your server rather than the existing one and 
run everything again. Maybe. Okay. Um, outside of the Old Republic, though, I haven't. I'm, I'm, I haven't really. Been, I, I say I finished Assassin's Creed Revelations, although I didn't take that long. The the main the main storyline in Assassin's Creed Revelations is quite a lot shorter. Um, and if you don't do much side quest stuff, then it it won't last particularly long. It really is meant as a kind of swan song for both Ezio and Altair. Um, have I played anything else? Bit of Super Meat Boy. Uh, I think that's about it. I did. I did. Did I tell the story of how I managed to glitch out Skyrim in the first five minutes? No. How did you glitch out fi- Skyrim I, in the first five minutes? I in the first five minutes I ran into a I ran into a, a um it was like a cart with two melons on that I wanted to grab because apparently they that's how you're it's a way of restoring health you know you just eat some fruit or whatever and I ran into the cart in a slight strange and it pushed me through the floor and then broke the game's AI scripting. So the guy that was running after me, like, just stopped in his tracks and didn't move. Hmm. Which was kind of annoying. What system are you playing it on? PC. Okay. Yeah. So I haven't I haven't I haven't really gone back to it that much yet. Um it's uh, I want to play it, but yeah, Bugs. <laughs> it's not really grabbed me yet. Uh, which wait, bugs on PC? Yeah, they exist. Yeah, but I don't run into. Wow. Hmm. It's a Bethesda game, Chris. Yeah, I know, but I don't run into any bugs that make it problematic to play. Mm, well, I say I think. No, but of... you crash two or three times a play session. Yeah, but that's okay. <sighs> well, I just load it right back up. I'm like, oh, I'm playing more. I I really don't think I've really played that much else. Hmm. Um, Okay. That's pretty much it. Cool. Cool beans. So, I think that's it. Or wait, Anna, did you have any left to go through? Um. Well, I already talked about my box of crap games. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I've just been playing Puzzler World, which, I mean, doesn't have any content for me to discuss. Okay. That's fine. Yeah, man, let's wrap this up. I gotta yeah. go meet Chris Metzen. You're right. So let's wrap it up. Thank you all for joining us for our oh. first show back. What? 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 Oh, you say, if people know what I'm talking about, I'm gonna go to a Diablo 3 Book of Cain book signing right oh, now. Right, I suppose we should actually talk about it, huh? Yeah, it's like a, it's about like thirty minutes away from where I am right now. So uh, you, I think uh, you're going to set them Nielsen. straight. You're going to set them straight on how to make uh, Diablo three better, right? <laughs> see, what you need to do is this. You see, the character would never act like that because he goes contrary <laughs> to his, his core nature. Is no, no, man. You got to tell them that they have to get the game out before Torchlight two is out. Otherwise, it'll kill them. Mm-hmm. You know, I would love to hear the reverse. <laughs> Someone to say the opposite to them just for once. That would be really funny. But yeah, it's going to be fun. Just check it out. One of the main artists is going to be there, uh, Mike Gibbons. So it'll be fun. They'll have like a little panel. They're going to talk about it. They're going to do some autographs. Should be should be fun. Okay. Oh, and Chris, you and I should do a Book of Cain review one of these days. Actually, after once we actually read through it. I think that's a great idea. We should plan that out. Oh, All right. um, also exciting stuff. Uh, I'm going to um, 
Anna has been visiting me for the past couple months. She'll be going back home to her native Vancouver tomorrow. But after that, that's going to allow me to focus on some other things, such as Big Game of the Year podcast, which I may have alluded to earlier. But we're going to get a bunch of people who play all the all the games and review them for the site. We'll get them together on, on one Skype call and argue through um, the any of interesting game of the year type topics. I don't want to do a traditional game of the year show where we just pick platform stuff. I want really interesting um, award topics, uh, kind of like best use of a frying pan in an RPG, stuff like that. Skylander so, of the year. <laughs> Skylander of the year. So if you have any any award categories that you think would be interesting and different, I want you to email them into podcast at rpgamer.com and I'm going to use those uh, for our game of the year show. And look forward to that coming in, in, the, in the next few weeks. So that's going to be um, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. So I, I'm really excited for that. Uh, also, just let it, uh, I'm glad we're back. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad everyone's, it's it's a new year. Let's get excited, people. Let's play some games and talk about them. Send your feedback in at podcast.rpgamer.com. Tweet at us at, at rpgamer on Twitter. Also, you can um, send us a voicemail at 608-729-4098. We really love to play your voicemails on the show. You can also email us MP3 files. We can play them on the show that way, podcast.rpgamer.com. And leave your feedback, as always, on the message boards, board at rpgamer.com. Watch the show at live every week, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, at rpgamer.com slash live. And we are back and excited to go through another year of rpgs with you um until next week this has been rpg cast and uh we're signing off see you next week when mark hamill says hey listen i listen 